Hello, I'm Dan Tomaszewski, and this is the Connecting IT Podcast. Welcome to the Connecting IT Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tomaszewski. And with me today, uh, we have a special guest. I'm here with Ben Saunders, who's going to be chatting with us about motivation and the value of mental preparation. Ben is also one of the speakers at IT Glue's Virtual GlueX event on May 4th through the 5th. Um, you can check out and get more info on GlueX at gluex.co. Ben, really excited to have you today. I, I've been reading about you and kind of looking at your bio. Uh, this is going to be a fun conversation with you today. Thank you, Dan. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So, you know, I, I really want to, can you just do a quick little intro of yourself? Uh, I know people are going to hear about you at GlueX, but what's that that short version about yourself that uh, we can get to know you? Yeah, gosh, I struggle with a short version. I'm usually introduced as a polar explorer, which, which is a ludicrous job title, uh, not a job that my careers advisor at school ever mentions as an option um, because there are only two poles to explore and they were both found you know, a century ago so i've uh, spent 20 years leading polar expeditions so i've covered uh, i think about four and a half thousand miles now on foot either in the arctic or antarctica oh that's amazing <laughs> and i think uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit and that's one of my first questions i have for you uh, is talking a little bit about this is you've trekked through some dangerous climates in complete isolation. Though our MSP listeners are not in complete isolation, they may be running you know, a small business on their own or dealing with a smaller support system due to the pandemic. What advice do you have for these small business owners looking to stay motivated? Mm, gosh, yeah, good question. I mean, in, in a weird way, you know, I remember being a teenager thinking, oh, I'm, I'm never going to be a businessman. I, I want to be an adventurer, an explorer, you know, and, and looking back on two decades of doing what I do, I've been running a business the whole time. These projects are um, pr pretty complex operations. You know, there's a big team in the background, um, obviously kind of partners, suppliers, logistics, all of this stuff to organize. And the whole thing is reliant on, on commercial sponsorship. So uh, looking back, you know, it, it's no exaggeration to say that some of the biggest challenges I've had to face have been sales and, and HR. You know, it's it's right. a bit it's it's a very weird business, but it's still a business in a strange way. I, I've done this professionally for 20 years. So I think I think what's relevant here is is that um these expeditions inevitably involve me trying to achieve something, um, trying to accomplish some usually quite challenging goal. In an environment, a climate uh, that is pretty hostile, um, where most of the crucial variables when it comes to my, my success are completely outside my control. Um, for me, it's, it's normally the environment, it's the weather, it's, it's the, the wind, the temperature, yeah, the wind direction, wind speed, visibility, the snow and ice conditions, all of those things, um, the, you know, the, the terrain that I'm trying to move through. Um, I can't control any of those. And in a strange way, these expeditions are almost an exercise in, in efficiency. It's an equation, you know, sort of calories of energy versus distance versus time. Um, and you have to become very um, aware and, and very deliberate of how you are using your energy, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And I learned very quickly that investing energy, um, expending energy on, on things that I can't change was 
not only a, a waste of that energy, but 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 going to um, uh, you know impede my chance of success. So um, for me, you know, getting frustrated at the, the headwinds, or getting um, anxious, or worried, or angry about the the visibility or the or the temperature, yeah, you know, that that's a waste of energy. So I think the I guess that the kind of maxim here, the sort of catchphrase would be con control the controllables. Um, right. I think, you know, most businesses right now, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty weird time. Like it, it's so hard to predict how so many things are going to look even, even a few months out from now. Um, so in a way we're all trying to operate, trying to get things done in an environment that, that feels pretty challenging for most people and is unpredictable. And we can't control these big variables. We've all been at the mercy of this you know, kind of global pandemic. We, we can't do anything about that individually. Um, uh, we, we can't change that. We can behave responsibly, but we can't change what's happening. So, um, and also so many of us working from home, so many of us you know, physically isolated in a way that, um, that is, is completely new. Uh, and most of us sat in front of a screen the whole day. Your, your screen and your internet connection will, will happily give you an infinitely scrolling feed of stuff that will make you anxious and angry and upset and you know whatever stressed. And you, and most of those things you can't change. So yeah, be. I think the message, my message is, is kind of be, try and be aware, try and be deliberate, try and be focused in in uh, where and how you apply your own energy, um, physically, mentally, emotionally. No, I mean, that's, that's really good advice, um, you know, and it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about it. And then it's like, you're thinking about it, you're out doing the, you know, trekking through and doing the you know, expedition type thing and how you relate that back to business and how it's the same thing. Don't waste your, your, your mental space mm -hmm. on the things that you shouldn't be worrying about. Don't, you know, go down that path, go around and control what you can control and, and get that done. I think that's some really good advice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it holds true. You know, it's 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 you know, what are you focusing on? Is it something you can change? Is it something you can do better? If not, you know, you're wasting your energy. Kind of be be more deliberate in, in your focus. Oh, I love that. Be more deliberate in your focus. <laughs> I need to. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> <laughs> so I think actually another another thing um, that's probably worth sharing is um, for me. You know, I've done a number of expeditions completely on my own. Um, I've skied solo to, to the North and South Pole. So I spent weeks and weeks, you know, North Pole was 72 days on my own. Um, I saw no other human beings for 72 days, 10 weeks. Uh, and the, the weird paradox is that when I'm on a solo expedition, I'm in a sense more reliant on my team, my, my back office essentially, than ever before. And yet there are a team that I'm thousands of miles away from physically. And I'm severely limited um there's, there's one satellite phone network that covers the polar regions um it's it's okay for voice calls terrible for data so so i'm i'm pretty cut off in 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 in, in almost every sense of the word and um one of the things i've had to learn as well is, is the importance of um communicating you know with your team um being able to communicate accurately honestly openly especially when you're when you're trying to operate in in isolation or relative isolation um i did a huge project in antarctica 2013 2014 so there were two of us on that expedition sharing a tent 108 nights in a tent that was good good training for, for lockdown here in the uk <laughs> um and we had a team of 12 in the background so 12 people with sort of mission control and we worked with a really good psychologist before we before we started this journey just to try and really maximize our 
chances of success and try and work out a strategy for 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 you know getting on as best we could as as a tiny team of two but also in how we dealt with this 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 bigger support team and um as as an analogy you know we both my teammate and I both understood that when it came to our our gear our clothing our equipment if something wasn't quite right if there was a little tear in the fabric of our tent or a zipper wasn't working properly or a you know, seam was coming unstitched in a, in a jacket if we ignored it if we thought oh, i can't be bothered I'll, I'll fix it tomorrow i'll deal with it next week it'll it'll last until the end of the trip it'll be fine it, like, invariably small things would 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 unravel very quickly un, under that much pressure in that in that sort of operating environment so um so we had to fix stuff straight away and the same we had to apply the same thinking to our relationship like it, as a team if something wasn't working if there was some sort of irritation some unspoken kind of friction point between us something holding us back we had to be able to talk about it to you know table it straight away and try and fix it which you know for two for two englishmen in a, in a tent is was you know easier in theory than it was in practice sometimes and um you know when your teammates sounding critical and and you know you're exhausted you've been dragging a stage for 10 hours it's minus 40 outside um it takes a bit of self-control not to not to you know start a fight in the in the tent and i think also i think also you know people perhaps assume that that what i do and the story i tell is is all about grit and just like stubborn determination and pushing through the pain and you know kind of getting on with it and, and the, my, my message might be like work harder you know you can do more and actually the I think one of the hardest things I've had to do one of the bravest things I've had to do is is to be willing and able to ask for help when I need it and for you know a self-styled tough guy an explorer with a beard who holds multiple world records like that's that's challenging you know right. i'm trying to dis disconnect my ego sometimes <laughs> oh yeah but, but you kind of you said some things that i think i related it i mean i'm sorry i'm going technical msp managed service providers that are listening mm. you know you said hey look you know if a zipper's not working or if you know there's something like stitching that's coming out or a little hole in the tent I, i'm relating that back to what managed service providers do to their customers. They're out there saying, hey, look, this machine unpatched, while it might seem small to you, under the workload of the big environment, it could be the cause for a cyber attack or it could be, you know, so it's really, I'm taking what you're saying and relating it back yeah. to the, our listeners and like what they're seeing. And I think it's good mm -hmm. advice. And you, you also mentioned the communication piece um, and, you know, how, you know, maybe the customer doesn't always want to hear that, but you got to go and have a good conversation with them and talk about those, those zippers that aren't working. Maybe it's the computer or whatever, because that could lead to a bigger situation and you need to make sure you're addressing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to go in, cause you started to talk a little bit about this, you know, in terms of like mindset stuff. So while trekking, mm. I'm sure there was times that like worst case scenarios crept into the back of your mind. How do you overcome these doubts? But then like, Flipping it again here, how do you think an MSP owner can use that same mindset for their own business, especially in the light mm. of the growing number of cyber attacks that are devastating to small businesses and the fear that, you know, I think about an MSP, they they worry because they're in control of all of their customers and we're, they're pretty critical to them. And if something mm. happens that they've done wrong or a cyber attack, it's just that stress and that mindset, you know, 
would love to hear how you're, you know, you can help overcome those challenging mindsets that uh, you faced mm-hmm. and maybe it's some best practices we can put into place as well. Yeah, absolutely. When I, when I think about mindset, I think one of the, um, for me, one of the crucial ingredients in, in the, the success that I've had in my, in my spectacularly narrow niche field you know, um, has, has been self-belief. And I, no, I, I don't mean, I, I wish I could find a better term for that because it sounds a bit like um, arrogance or, or ego or, you know, conceit. And I, I do not mean those things, but I mean the, the belief in your own capacity to, to kind of make things happen. You know, your own sense of agency individually, collectively as, as a business. And my, my, my theory is that self-belief is this kind of human quality. Like we, we all have, it's like a muscle. Like we all have it to some degree or another, just through sheer luck or genetics or whatever. Like some people have more than others, but we all have it. Um, and crucially, it responds to stimulus in, in the same way. Like you can make it stronger. And I think the stimulus, certainly my experience, the stimulus it responds to is not necessarily success or failure, but it's it's endeavor. It's the willingness to try. And I think a lot of individuals and a lot of organizations and businesses perhaps make the mistake of thinking uh, like I or we should not act until we are more confident. And um, certainly in my life, like, confidence only ever follows courage you know as a as an example you can't uh, you, you can't learn to swim by reading a book about swimming like at some point you, you have to act right. without cer- certainty you have to kind of take that first step and i think when you're running a business in in such a fast-paced fast-changing you know challenging environment i think you have to be willing to um to kind of stay on the front foot you know to keep innovating to keep taking risks in a way now I am not talking about recklessness, you know, far from it. I, right. I'm, I'm convinced I've spent more time in the last 20 years in Excel spreadsheets, you know, planning than I have actually on skis. That There's a huge amount of very unglamorous preparation, training, contingency planning, a lot of work that goes into each of these projects. And, um, and again, I think people might mistakenly assume I, I'm a kind of adrenaline junkie, you know, th- thrill-seeking adventurer, which is which is not the case. There's not much thrill. These are, these are long, slow tests of endurance in many ways. Yes. Right. There's probably a reason that, that I don't know, like Red Bull haven't sponsored me with a, with a GoPro on my head because it would be really boring. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing like one and a half miles an hour across this like blank kind of ice sheet for, for weeks and weeks. Um, but for me, that ability to, to, to act without certainty is, is, is key. Um, and the willingness, you know, in, individually and as businesses to kind of push yourself outside your comfort zone, um, because like, like a muscle, you know, the reverse is true. If you don't, if your self-belief isn't tested and, and stretched and challenged, then it, it, it kind of atrophies. It's like, uh, you know, if you spend all day sat down and exercise, then your hamstrings get kind of atrophied and weaker and tighter. Same as, same as true self-belief. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's one thought um i'm trying to think what else about dealing with with doubt um and again i talked about uh the ability to 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 you know to communicate honestly with my team and to um be willing to to rely on my team and to trust them and and also to think of my broader support team like to to really uh, be willing to again like disconnect my ego and surround myself 
by people that have better knowledge than me in, in, in the in the different pieces of this jigsaw puzzle that, that make that bring these huge projects together so i think that's vital um being able to tr trust your your team um and uh i think also i talked about focus you know, i talked about controlling the controllable so i guess kind of breadth of focus but for me sometimes the uh what would you call it depth of focus is is, is important as well and there are days certainly early on on most of these big explosions when the the ultimate goal rather than being a source of motivation, it can almost be the opposite. It can feel overwhelming. It, it can feel such a huge challenge. And, you know, day one in Antarctica, October 2013, we, we, we were trying to walk 1800 miles. We were dragging sleds, sledges that were 440 pounds each at the start, the two of us. So I think day two, we covered about two and a half miles in a, in a day, in like eight hours of dragging these sledges. So at that point, like the goal, 1800 miles was not motivating. It, it felt yeah. hopeless. It felt completely out of reach. So I had to learn to kind of shorten my focus to the next milestone to say, and, and almost, I don't know if I'd advise this as a tactic, but like internally, I almost gave myself permission to quit. I, I, I kind of removed the pressure of the goal. I, I'd say, well, look, you know, that bit of ice on the horizon looks really good like we, we're it's clearly like we're i'm out of my depth i'm really struggling here as, as the leader of this thing I'm, I'm you know just feeling completely overwhelmed but I'll tell you what let's just get to that bit of ice yeah it's gonna be two hours away that that's sort of snow fuel on the horizon that looks you could land an aircraft there like we could totally quit that looks like we could camp for a night wait for an airplane to come pick us up and then we'll we can give up you know so for the next hour two hours whatever like all of my energy went into getting to that point and then we get there and I'd think, well, we haven't collapsed. Like, ah, may maybe that bit of ice on the horizon looks a bit better. Like, actually, oh, yes, that's that's a, that's way better. Like, let's just go there and then we'll decide. And then you've done another day and then you've done another week and suddenly you've done 100 miles, 500 miles, and it starts to feel manageable. So, so the ability to kind of break down really complex challenges into like, okay, what is the next action we need to take here and, and let's do it? Like, that's that's crucial. I'm sitting here just listening and it's just... One, it sounds exhausting. Like it just like <laughs> hearing, but it sounds amazing. Like in just like this, like I know you said it's just sometimes like flat land, ice or snow, like, you know, but it just, it, the adventure and just the pushing, the determination. And the one thing I, I've, I've heard you say a lot is ego. And I think it's really, uh, it's really important is just checking your ego out, like letting your team mm -hmm. be, you know, find people and surround yourself with people that are good people that know their, their area and that can help you run your business. And uh, I definitely think that's really good advice for, for the owners or for anybody in business is just check your ego and allow people on your team. You know, I always say hire people that are, are smarter than me to do the different tasks because we can work together as a team and overcome the big, the big challenge. Um, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. One down. It's, it, it's vital. And that's been a yeah, huge lesson for me. And, and also in a way, a, a bit of a challenge because I'm known for, you know, for these big solo expeditions, but solo is, is a complete misnomer. There, there's always a huge team in, in, in the background. Yeah, no. So I want to talk to you a little bit more. I have one other question because this is, again, a mm. little bit of a teaser. We're setting people up because at GLUEX, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have a, a whole different talk and, and be able to go more. And I think people are are hearing some of your stories and I think they're going to want to continue to hear more. You mentioned mm. uh, in the previous talk training for like the long polar expeditions. Uh, 
is mental as well as physical. What can our listeners do to train themselves mentally for challenges they may face in the future? Oh, wow. Yeah, good question. Um, I think, hmm, I'm trying to give a good example. Here. Um, I think for me, like, again, the ability to kind of take these, these really big, complex goals, challenges, missions, you know, and, and, and actually break them down into actionable next steps like that's that's so so um crucial um for anyone any business any person trying to do something pioneering like just breaking it down um there is a i i i'll mention that there's a it's, it's a very un uh, sexy sounding book it's called getting things done by a guy called david allen i actually met him years ago when it came out but um he, i don't adhere like religiously to his system but it make to me makes a lot of sense and he takes what a lot of people might see as a, as a to-do list and and breaks it down into two things. So pro, he calls them projects and next actions. So project for me might be, um, you know, fly to enter, get to the start point of this expedition. And the next action might be to make a particular phone call or write an email or to research something. So that that's the way I've, I've done things for many years now. And I think having a, a system that you that you trust and that works for you is and for your team for your business is really important like the more you can get stuff out of your head into a, into a system um the better you're going to perform like uh, your, your brain isn't really for storing things it's, it's for kind of thinking of things and coming ideas and you know and the more lists and the more stuff that you can get out of your head into a system um the more you're freed up to uh, yeah to, to innovate Really good information. Uh, uh, thanks for giving us the book recommendation too. I always uh, on this podcast bringing lots of different guests. It's cool to see people's different books that inspire them and working on. And I love that idea: project and next action. What is it? How can we go forward? So, uh, really good advice. So I know you're coming up here in May. Uh, you're you're going to be talking at the the Gluex, our virtual Gluex event. Um, is there any? You know, we're at the end here. I just want to say, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with or anything that you want to last inspiring thought uh, before they see you at Gluex? Oh, wow. Well, I, I thought of two things. Uh, one, one quite profound, one the opposite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, one is uh, it's, it's, it's a question that I almost always get asked whether I'm talking to uh, like young school kids or to boards of directors of some of the biggest companies. But it's like, how do you go to the bathroom at negative 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm not going to answer that right now, but I, I, I may, if I have time, come on to that at Gluex. And then the second, the second slightly more profound point to finish on a high note is um, <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, I've been thinking a lot recently about, about the word success and what that looks like to me. And I think I, I used to see success as achieving your goal. I used to see success as a, a finish line in the future. You know, if, if I kind of worked hard enough, one day I'd get there, I'd cross it and things would be awesome. And I've, I've achieved a few massive goals in my life. And, and strangely, when I got there, my life didn't immediately get more awesome. It, in fact, sometimes got worse because the, the, the goal, the thing that had been giving me all this energy, all of this drive, all this work ethic, often for years, as soon as I achieved it, it, it evaporated and there was nothing there to replace it. Now, this might sound like sort of strangely demotivational, but I think the, the message here is twofold. Like firstly, in business, there is no finish line. You're not trying to get to a point where everything stops. Like that's not the goal. So that was a that was a a lesson. It took me a, a very long, very difficult walk 
uh, in a very cold place to, to find out for myself. And I think, you know, success to me now looks something like um, continuing to strive well, you know, continuing to evolve, continue to get better at what you do. So, yeah, hopefully that's a, a good note to end on. That's a great um, note to end on. Really, really looking forward to, to GlueX. So am I. And Ben, you know, just <laughs> listening today, I didn't want to go in. There are so many times I was like, oh, I want to ask him that. Or, oh, I want to ask that about your, you know, your expeditions and things. And I'm waiting for GlueX because I want to listen in as well. So, <laughs> Thank you for coming in and sharing, you know, the words of, of, of wisdom on that ending with the success. Cause I think that's something, uh, it's, it's something I personally just listened to. And I was like, that's a really good point. And, uh, I'm sure you're going to share some more and I can't wait to see how do you go to the bathroom when it's negative 45 degrees. <laughs> it's a question that's running Thank in all you. of our heads now. And we're going to have to wait till May 4th to see what happens. So Thank you, Dan. Actually, actually, one more thing I might leave you with, which only because somebody suggested this yesterday and it blew my mind. So I was, I've been trying to think for a while now to, to just to explain, particularly with Antarctica, the, the scale of that place is, is just mind-blowing. And it's so hard to, to explain to people that have not been there, you know, exactly how massive it is. So I was trying to work out a couple of years ago, like, well, how much ice is there in Antarctica? Well, we think, we think roughly... 2.6 million gigatons of ice. I was like, okay, what, what the heck's a gigaton? Wow. So I kind of Googled, it's like, okay, how many human beings on the planet right now? You know, X, X billion. What if we divide up the, the amount of ice by the amount of uh, people? How, you know, how, how much ice in Antarctica, freshwater, glacial ice, how much ice do we have each, every human? Is it a couple of ounces? Like, what's the, what's the answer? So the answer is 3 million tons of ice for every human being alive right now. So and I, I was saying for a long time, like, what's three, I'm an ice expert, but I still, I still don't know what 3 million tons of ice looks like. Anyway, I mentioned this yesterday and somebody in like a Zoom chat, he was like, he replied 10 minutes later saying 3 million tons is 10 aircraft carriers. So I'm now, I'm now using that in my mind as like how much, we, 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 every human being has the equivalent of 10 aircraft carriers of ice in Antarctica. So there's a there's a little fact um, to you know it certainly blew my mind when I when I thought of that's that way. that's amazing that blew my mind too I mean ten ten aircraft carriers of ice that's a lot of ice that's a lot of ice <laughs> <laughs> Ben thank you very much for for being with me today if you liked what you heard today from Ben he's going to be speaking at this year's virtual Gluex event on May fourth you can find more info on gluex.co Ben look forward to seeing you. Uh, at Gluex, thank you again for being on the podcast and sharing the, your your journey and your your story. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, to all our listeners, thanks for listening and have a great day.